A good nerve Shabbos, everybody. Here we go. Today's daf is daf pay bays. Page 82 in the Hilgim Masechah's Kedushin. Bez Hashem, we're going to be Zaycha to complete the Masechah today. And Bez tomorrow night, we will be beginning a brand new Masechah. Masechah, the Masechah is Babakama, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's, uh, let's do uh, today's daf. So here we go. We're going to pick up about 12 lines from the bottom of Pei Aleph on the Bez, 81b, at the colon, at the two dots. We said in the Mishnah, Higdilu ze Yashim Baksuse. We're going through the laws of Yichud, and as we go through the laws of Yichud, we said that uh, a, a person's allowed to sleep in the same bed as, uh, as, a, uh, as his daughter, as his mother, and says the Gemara, and then once they get older, they could, it does, the age doesn't matter as long as everybody's clothed. Says the Gemara, the Kama, what is younger, what's older? It says when they get older, you're allowed to sleep in the same bed. Now again, remember, they didn't have beds like we have. Yeah, it's not like everybody had their own space and people had their own bedrooms. There was one room for everybody and people would lie down next to each other and go to sleep. That's what they did. So you still you needed to be careful, even though this was the, the culture and the way it was, that it shouldn't lead to anything forbidden. So the Gemara asks the Kama, what age is it permitted to have body contact while you're sleeping? Amar Vadabar Aza, Amar Rev Asi, Tinaikis Basteshan Vyam Echad, Tinaik Ben Shtemeshana Vyam Echad. So a father could be laying next to his daughter up to the age of nine and a day, and a mother is allowed to sleep next to her son um, with uh, direct contact of the body. Until his age twelve and a day, some say that by a girl it's until her bas mitzvah, right? Twelve years old, and thirteen. And either way, it has to be that not it has to be, but either way, it's really dependent on her physical maturity. Once she, once she's showing signs of femininity, so. Um, so th- that's when it becomes uh, forbidden. He says that it's only permitted if she's not embarrassed to be standing without clothes in front of her father. Which generally is a younger age. Okay, Kids reach a certain age uh, in this. Uh, generally it's going to be younger than age nine, but there's an age where kids... You, you, anywhere between, call it five, seven, eight, depending on the kid's maturity, is going to be like, oh, I'm not wearing clothes on. They stop walking around the house after taking a bath without any clothes on, right? They're, they're embarrassed if, if their parents see them, if other people see them. So once they get embarrassed in that way, then it becomes forbidden to lay next to each other uh, with direct bodily contact. My time away, Yetzer Al-Basha. Once the, once the girl starts to show signs of embarrassment of not having clothes on, that is a proof that the Yetzer, the Yetzirah is there. And the Yetzirah is kind of clothing, uh, clothing her. Rabba came to the house of Chista, his son-in-law, he took his granddaughter, and he laid down and went to sleep next to her. So the son-in-law, Rav Chista, said to his father-in-law, Rav Acha, don't you know that she's had Kedushin? Okay? Since she has, she's had Kedushin, he says, my granddaughter's been married off. And once a, a young woman is married off, no one's allowed to lay next to her. 
If it's really true that you married her off, then you sinned. I don't need to assume that uh, she was married off at this young age. You transgressed this that Rav said. Until she has enough das, enough knowledge to say, this is what I want. And he says, but uh, you want to tell me I transgressed Rav's halach of marrying her off young, but you should know you transgressed um, on this that Shmuel said. The Yomar Shmuel, Shmuel says, you can't make use of a woman. Yeah, you're, you're laying next to your granddaughter and she's keeping you warm. I have like a different halacha of Shmuel. Shmuel says, Tapa today's daf. When you do something, it is going to be permitted. Okay? In other words, Rashi explains. He said, I'm not laying next to her to keep me warm. I'm not laying next to her because I'm interested in laying next to her. I'm laying next to her. What does it mean, hakol l'shem shemayim? And what way are you doing a mitzvah? So listen to this. Top Rashi. Top Rashi on pay base. Top Rashi says, I'm not laying next to her for any sort of uh, uh, love of relationship. My daughter appreciates seeing the Zayda and the granddaughter spending time with each other. Yeah, laying next to each other, laying down together. And that's why I'm doing it, to bring Shalom Bayis. Yeah, to bring Shalom Bayis over here. And therefore, since I'm doing it with Hashem Shemayim, and I have no intentions to do any, uh, for any other matter, therefore, there is no issue over here as well. And this is a very deep and profound Gemara. It seems very a simple incident, but it's very deep and profound, which lets us know there are actions in our lives that really completely depend on our knowledge, our mindset at the time that we do it. There's some things that are clearly forbidden, some things that are clearly permitted. And then there are some things where it's on you to put your head in the right place. If your head's in the right place, it's okay. If your head's in the wrong place, you can be doing something that's not, doesn't, to the flesh eigen, to the physical eye, doesn't seem to be a problem. But if your head's in the wrong place, then, then it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue, it's a transgression. Okay, here we go. Mishnah, top line. If somebody is not married, they should not teach small children. And a woman also should not teach small children. That needs explanation. What does that mean? If a person is unmarried, a person is a bachelor, or actually says here, a person's not married. Before it said Ravak, which is a bachelor. Here it says She'in La'isha. Yeah, he doesn't have a wife. So we'll see what's the difference. They both seem to be the same thing in different words. But he says, La'yulam um, should not teach children. Buda says, La'yira Ravak Behima, a bachelor should not be the one out there um, uh, hanging out with the uh, the animals. La'yishnu shnei Ravak betalis Echad. Also, Two unmarried men should not sleep together under the same blanket. Nacham say there's no problem in either one of these matters. Says Rashi, because a regular person has, we don't suspect them of any sort of um, 
homosexual behavior or to have any feelings for animals. Says the Gemara, my time, why is what the original uh, statement of the Mishnah, which was that a bachelor should not be teaching young, young children, why not? It's because we're nervous he's going to do something inappropriate with the young kids. So we're not concerned about a man having feelings for another man. And therefore, why not have an adult bachelor male teach male children? There's no suspicion there, so that can't be the reason. The reason is, who brings the young children to school? The mothers, and it, if he's single, it could lead to inappropriate conversations with the mothers. They know that he's available. And the same thing holds true with a, with a single woman teaching children. The concern is to not uh, end up uh, having yichud or doing something forbidden with the uh, fathers of the children. Now, what, what I mean by doing something forbidden is like we learned on yesterday's daf. Yichud itself is a problem. It's not that they're going to come to do anything past that. And very often, and we know that even today's day and age, when a teacher and a parent need to talk privately, you go into a side room and you don't talk in front of the kids and you're not talking in front of other people. This is a, this is a private matter. And since the, the nature of the job requires sensitive and personal conversations with privacy... So it doesn't lend itself to being appropriate for single, um, for, uh, single uh, men because of the mothers and single women being teachers because of the fathers. Now, practically speaking, there's no issue in halacha nowadays as long as you take sensitive, uh, sensitive measures in this manner, right? Uh, a bachelor is allowed to teach young children and a bachelorette is allowed to teach young children. There's no issue whatsoever. Um, but the, you have to make sure to protect yourself against coming to those uh, those sorts of situations. And if I would just say uh, that if you want to get really practical with the way that society functions nowadays, even if somebody is not single, never, ever, 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 ever um, should a teacher seclude themselves, even a married teacher or anybody of any stat- stature ever seclude themselves with a child, or a uh, or a, a parent of a child, you have to be very careful. And most schools nowadays ensure that there's open windows in each room inside the building. And besides, for a person's own safety and law, and making sure nothing uh, inappropriate happens, it's because of this gemara. It's because of this halacha. To, we, we need a, that we're responsible to take measures. That there's never a situation that can lead to. Um, a, par- a teacher or child uh, being isolated together. Rabbi Lazar says, even somebody who doesn't have a wife. Okay, so what does this mean? They ask the question searching for information. What does it mean of a wife? What does it mean of a wife? Does it mean you don't have a wife at all? Okay. Never been married. Or maybe it means a guy who's married, but his wife is not with him. That's me, Sha'in La Isha. Sometimes people need to go work out of town. It's not uncommon. It's, you know, it's not uncommon. It's not an uncommon thing. People need to travel, work out of town. The office is in a different city, and he's not with his family. So that's me, Sha'in La Isha. You're completely unmarried, or you're married, but your wife's not around. 
Even somebody who's married, but his wife is not found with him, should not should not uh, should not uh, make give himself the job. Now, it's an interesting expression. If you follow the way the Mishnah is writing this, it doesn't mean you're never allowed to teach children. It's basically saying that it shouldn't be your set job, because to meet. Let's say a male teacher to see the parents here and there and to be a substitute beseder. The problem is when you get used to everybody, you get used to the parents and, and uh, conversations start to flow and it could grow flirtatious in, in ways that are inappropriate. So that's where we say that a, a person needs to create distances. Rebuta says that even a, a, a ravok, a, a man who's a bachelor, should not, uh, should not be out there gathering the uh, sheep together. Tani, we learned in Abraisa. Amalei the Rabbi Yehuda. They said to Rabbi Yehuda, "Lenachshu Yisrael Mishkav Zachav Leil We argue because we say it's not. It's not true. Regular Yisraelim are not chayish. We don't suspect them for Mishkav Zachar, and we do not. We do not suspect for Behema for bestiality. Okay, and therefore there's no issue holding those jobs. We argue. Next mission. Kosha Asakov Emanoshim. Okay, anybody whose business has to do with women, let's say somebody's in a clothing business, let's say somebody's in a perfume business, whatever it is, eyeglasses, men and women need, right? Anybody who does business with women, he cannot be, he cannot have yichud with women. Now what does it mean he can't have yichud with women? Even multiple women. Previously, we said when you have multiple women, very often it lends itself to leniency. Um, but over here, we're saying that once the women get very comfortable around him, not necessarily so, uh, is yichud allowed. Okay. Also, when a person teaches their child a, how to earn a living, it's not, it's, uh, a person should stay away from teaching their son a trade that involves itself in... Uh, in women's needs, very important. Uh, what should a, what, what type of livelihood should we teach our children? A livelihood that is clean, vikala, and simple. What it means like this: clean doesn't mean from schmutz, from grease. It doesn't mean don't make your child a mechanic. Yeah, because you can get dirty. It means clean. There are certain industries where in order to be matzliach, it's, it's dirty. In order to be successful, you, you have to be, you have to cut corners and you have to, you know, outdo your competition and it, it lends itself to, to bad midos. person should teach their child to trade that's clean. Doesn't, it doesn't take you away from having to live like a yid. The kala. And it's easy. Now, what does it mean, easy? So easy means that it's, uh, it's, it's different, different takes. We'll explain it. It's not so risky. It's not so risky. It's steady. It's, steady, it's a steady business. May not be, the, make, you, make this child the wealthiest, but it'll, it'll keep him on a steady course. Yispalo. Lemisha ishev nachasim shalai. And then once you do that hishtadlus, once you do that, you continue your hishtadlus and you daven 
to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who ultimately decides in every industry who's going to be successful and who's not. There's not a single trade. There's not a single craft where you won't find those who are wealthy and those who are poor. Because wealth and poverty has nothing to do with what line of business you're in. Everything has to do with the merit, the schos, the amount of siyata deshmaya, of divine intervention that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings. Have you ever seen a bird walking around with his resume? Have you ever seen a wild animal trying to eat by applying for a job as an accountant? But the Rebbein Shalom sends them food. They sustain themselves. They're created to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Vani nebrei l'shamish es kaini, and I'm created to serve my master. Animals are here for humans, and humans are here for the rabbanim shleilam. Einoidin, how much more so if we're serving Hashem? She es barnei shleibitzar. Will He take care of us financially? Shleibitzar ela shayda shahirati ma'asvigivachli arvanosi. The problem is that we have sins, and our minds, our yitzhara, tries to connive us. To earn livelihoods in ways that are not necessarily honest, and therefore it causes a loss of sustenance. But if we wouldn't have all this shtick in our lives, says Hashem ben Elazar, the Rebbeinu will take take care of us the same way He's sending a bird right now, a worm. The bird's not working. He ends up with a worm. He goes out looking for food. He'll find food. The same thing would hold true with us. But it's, but it's not. Why? Because uh, we, we need schosim. We need merit. A person shouldn't teach his son to be a donkey driver, a camel driver, a wagon driver, a shepherd, a storekeeper. All these things are very complicated. It's very complicated. It's, it's in a way where it's complicated to stay honest. Even, even if I'm not trying to be dishonest. Rashi gives examples. Rashi says that if you have a shepherd whose uh, your responsibility is have your animals to go out there and, and graze. Very often as the animals walk, you're going to be walking through somebody else's field. Even if you're walking on the road, that the sheep could walk off to the side and they end up eating somebody else's grass. It's on you. Ah, it's impossible to get every sheep to stay in the road. What are you going to do? They don't speak English. They don't speak your language. You could try to use your rod to prod them in, but hey, you're walking with a whole herd. Like, what's Kevin done? What are you supposed to do? It lends itself to overseeing small theft. And so on and so forth. Yeah, there's, there's uh, a person who's a wagon driver, donkey driver. There's a lot of traveling that goes on when there's a lot of traveling. So you could end up taking things from people's property or you could stay at an inn and you could get into disagreements because there's misunderstandings. It's people you never met before and things of that sort. It's not clean. It's not clean. So a person shouldn't teach his children to enter these types of trades. Rebuta says the name of Abagoria, Hamar and Ruben Rasham, donkey drivers. Most of them are Rishayim. 
Most of them are Hashem. They, they travel far. When you travel, again, nobody knows you. And you're, you're, you got to, sometimes just to, to, for your own safety, you need to be twisted. But camel drivers are mostly kosher. Says Rashi, because they're out in the desert. In the desert, there's not much to steal because people don't own desert land. And in addition to that, it's dangerous because you don't have protection and therefore there's no atheist in a foxhole. So being a camel driver, he says, actually lends itself to being a tzaddik because you learn to have a moon on the Rebbein and there's no opportunity for theft. Hasafonim Ruben Hasidim. Sailors are mostly Hasidim. Mostly Hasidim. Um, lost the place, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Rashi says, I was trying to find the Rashi. Rashi says, because also, you have no control over the seas, you have no control over the oceans, and you need to constantly daven that Hashem's going to take care of you. The best doctors are Ligahenim. Are Gehenim. They go to Gehenim. Why? What would you say? A lot to speak about this. Baruch Hashem, a lot of the best doctors don't go to Gehenim. They take care of Klal Yisrael. It's the doctors that think they're taiv, that they're the ones who are bringing the success to the surgery or the success to, uh, to the healing that end up like Gehenim because they rely on themselves instead of HaKadosh Baruch Baruch. And when it comes to slaughterers, they are partners with Amalek. Okay, why? Rashi says, Amalek, Rashi doesn't say, I'll give it, uh, Rashi doesn't say these words, but Amalek is suffix, Amalek is doubt. When you slaughter something, very often the slaughterers own the animals themselves. You buy a cow for $500, you expect to sell the steaks for 1000 You shecht the cow, and it turns out there's a hole in the lungs. The entire thing is treif. Slaughtering, being a shaykhet, lends itself to uh, not wanting to paskin against yourself and finding maybe it's actually not a whole the heart. Nah, nah, nah. You put into doubtful situations, so there's a constant problem and, and constant uh, a battle between kashras and uh, earning a livelihood. If you really want to teach your child to trade, I'll tell you what to do. Sit them down and teach them how to learn Tyra. That's the best craft to know. You'll benefit from it in this world and in the next world. No other trades are like this. Every other trade. You want to be a shoemaker? Want to be a blacksmith? You want to be uh, a shaykhit? There's going to come a day where the body is not going to function in the way that it used to and you can't do this anymore. Yeah? And you're going to have to uh, stop doing your business. You're going to have to retire. You can't earn a livelihood because the body slowed down and you're going to be hungry. You could die of starvation. The Torah protects us when we're young. And it gives us hope and life in the future. When we're young, what does it say? Those of hope in Hashem have new strength. 
When we're older and we learn Taira, what does it say? When we are still in old age, we are bearing fruit through our study of Taira. Incredible, incredible, yeah. Mamish, Parshas Shavua. Yeah, Avram got older and Hashem blessed Avram Bakoil. Parsha Shavua, the weekly Parsha. Masinu Shos Avram Avinu is called Tarakula Ad Shalai Nitna. Avram kept an entire Tarim before it was given. Shenemar Ekev Hashem Avram Bakoil Gishman Shmati Mitzvah and Chagav Zeraisai. We are the descendants of Avram. We are chosen because Avram Avinu kept all of my mitzvahs, my decrees, and my Torah even before the Torah was given. Mamish incredible. Okay, says the Gemara Tanura Banan. The rabbis learn so shui, anybody does business with women, surura, he's going to turn towards evil. Kigayim, for example, at Sarfim, those who make jewelry, Vasrikim, and um, those who, uh, we'll just translate this as uh, manufacturers of women's clothing. Okay, now nowadays we have big factories, but back then everything was hand sewn. Yeah? A person makes clothing for women. You're like a tailor. You help them, uh, you know, uh, perfect their clothing. Manakarais. And those who uh, take care of the mills. When the, you, very often it was the woman who took care of the food in the house. So they would come to the mills. They would grind the flour. So the one responsible of overseeing the mill interacted with a lot of women. The Haraychlim and those who sell... Uh, um, we'll call it toiletries. Vahagardiem, those who weave, vasafarim, those who cut hair, vahachaisim, those who did the laundry, vahagara, and those who, uh, here it's referring to letting blood. It was a very common practice. People would go in very often to let blood. It was a way to, it was, it was like uh, um, health and fitness. Yeah? It was health and fitness. It was very common. For uh, women to go in and, and let blood for their health. Bahabalan and the one who took take take care of the bathhouse, Baborsiki, and the one who would it literally means a tanner, but it's the one who made women's shoes. So anybody who's involved in these crafts cannot be a king or a kaingodl. My time let me show not because they're puzzle, because they've been involved in a business which lends itself, it lends itself to being looked at negatively. It's inappropriate. It's like an inappropriate business. One of the rabbis learned, that's why the rabbis, there's 10 things said about a gara. He, uh, a gara is a guy who would uh, let blood for people. Means like he would, he would walk with swag. He would walk with swag. Yeah, he... Uh, Kind of shifted side to side, like he's a totzich. He's a big, big, uh, you know, he's a he's a tough guy. Veruchai gasa, and they're they're very into themselves. Venitla, venitla, veyishev, veenai tsara, veenai ra'a. Let's let's take this uh, one at a time. So, veruchai um, gasa. He's uh, arrogant. Venitla veyishev. When he could sit normally. He feels the need like to recline like he's a, like he's a king. The Ainite Sarah and he he um he he doesn't know how to be 
He doesn't know how to spend. Ain't no he's got a he's got a soft eye. Some people, it's nebuch. It's mamish nebuch. I know uh, I heard a story from a Rosh Hashiva who was taught who without getting into too much details, he needed money for his yeshiva. There was a guy who there was a yid, Mamash a Jew. It's fascinating a Jew could get to such a place who understood the need of the yeshiva. He told the Rosh Yeshiva, I need I, I, I can sign the check. I need you to write the numbers. I mamish can't bring myself to write numbers on a check. So, so sad. So sad. He just he, he's so connected to his money. So financially well off person. Couldn't bring himself. He saw a need. But like his money's like him. It, it's like it, it's it's sad. The Rabbi gives us things to, to, to spread out. To share. To give out there. It's a schus. What better feeling is it? Than to be able to see somebody else use something that you had, right? If you have, a, if you have a, a jar of ice cream, if you like ice cream, a jar of ice cream, what feels better, to eat the ice cream yourself or to give it to two other people and just watch them eat it? It's geschmack. Ah, for sure. It's geschmack. You watch them eat the ice cream and smile and, and, and enjoy it. I, I don't, they say, no, you also have. I, 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 I prefer to watch you. It's much more geschmack. It's much more geschmack than the taste of ice cream, right? But Nebuch, there's people, they don't see, they don't see, they don't, they, they simply, it's so sad, they don't have the ability to just give in their life, yeah? Ve'enai tzara, he's, he's tight-fisted. Ve'enai ra, and he looks negatively on others. Says Rashi, <laughs> he goes, yeah, I, I saw that chat, very, very good, Rav. He says, Ve'enai uh, ra, he, he does not really want the best for others. Rashi says, because it's bad for business. Bad for business. Eichel Harbe, he eats a lot. Umaytzi Kima, but he does not go to the bathroom a lot. Okay, um, because a lot of it turns into unhealthy, uh, unhealthy fats of the body. V'choshed al Arayas, he suspected about Arayas, like we said before, because it's not a good business because there's a lot of women involved in it. V'alagazel, and also because of uh, robbery. Rashi says interestingly, there are people. And uh, he says women also, uh, Rashi says women especially, uh, will take money from their husbands when it's their husband's money to go use the services of the blood letter. Again, it's, it was considered like a health, uh, a health and fitness type of thing. And also because of um, because of death. What does that mean? If you let out too much blood, it can cause people to become ill, become people to become weak. And if they're already sick, it could really cause them to die. So it's a very, it's a, it's a livelihood, a type of livelihood that has a lot of pitfalls involved in it. Tarish bar kapara, kapara gave a joshua. Person should teach their child a livelihood, one that is clean and one that is easy, not one that cuts corners and le- and lends itself to trickery and things of that. Mayhi, for example, what? Amr Abudavuda says, top of Amr Bez. Machta de Tamiyusa. Okay. What's Machta de Tamiyusa? It's, it's a way to sew. It's a way to sew with, uh, with a needle, Rashi explains. Rashi says, Mechet Tamidius Brushdayer Balaz. In French, it's called a Brushdayer. And uh, the, the reason why it's called, it really means a, a furrow, but it's referring to the style of stitching. It's a simple thing. You know, everybody knows exactly what they're getting when you give it to them. There's no shtick involved. 
Tani, we learned there, Bryce, or Meir, Meir, in the Chob, Neshavah, There's no trade that has value that ultimately the world is not going to need later. Okay? Ashrei Fortunate is a person whose parents involve themselves in a honorable trade. An honorable trade. You see your parents being straight, honest, uncomplicated, not out to beat everybody else, not stressed out with anxiety and, and business takes over family and everything else that's important and Tyra and everything else that's important. Fortune is a person who sees the parents involved in honorable business. And unfortunate to a person who does not see their parents in such a stage. This world always needs besamim, spices, perfumes. It also needs borsiki. It needs people to take care of leather. Animals are always going to be here on behalf of humans. And therefore there's going to be meat. There's going to be hides. There's going to be leathers. And, and all these, these things are, are needed and they're going to be here forever. Fortune is a person who could make a livelihood with nice smelling things. <clears throat> this is an analogy beyond this literal. And so you need to be, we need tanners. But it's unfortunate because when you're a tanner, you come home smelling. The world can't exist without men and women. Fortune is a person who who's, uh, has male sons, and it's unfortunate for a person who has uh, who's who, who has daughters. Now, what does this mean? Yeah, people get very nervous about this. What does this mean? There's nothing to get nervous about. In the context of this Gemara, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. There's nothing wrong with the job being a tanner. It's harder than the job of, of, uh, of being involved with besamim, of nice smelling things. You're both earning clear livelihoods and it's both necessary for the world. One's going to come home with an easier time, smelling like perfume, and one's going to come home with a more difficult time. So too with, with male and female. Generally, people have an easier time with their sons once they get older because the men go out and find their own shidduchim, they earn, they earn their own money, that's at least the expectation if parents do their jobs wisely. Daughters, it's not their way to go out and take care of themselves. It's their way to be recipients and to be taken care of. And the men take care of them. So that's the father's responsibility is to take care of, take care of his daughter. So it lends itself to more worry. I need to make sure my daughter finds a good shidduch. I need to make sure my daughter finds a good livelihood. I can't just put it on her to do this as much as I could do that to my son. So there's pros and cons to everything, right? Everything has its, 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 uh, right? Everything has its trade-off, as we'll call it. And in this context, this is what the Gemara is referring to, the trade-off between Zecharim and Nekebis. Not that boys are better than girls. It's, it's the trade-off that comes along with it. Somebody came over to me a couple years ago when I was standing in Shul by Kiddush with Bliyayin Hara. We have five daughters in a row. Somebody came over me and said, Rabbi, I'll give you two boys for five girls. <laughs> His kids are busy beating each other up and wrestling and whatever. You know, My daughters were standing there like all shy. 
in front of everybody. He's like, I'll give you two boys for five girls. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a trade. So there's a Maila, Baruch Hashem. It's a it was big schos, you know, being a, a dad, uh, a, a girl dad, as we call it. Okay, but there's, there's worry that comes along with it because you can't put the same responsibility on your daughters that you can put on your sons. Reb Meir says, Always teach your son a clean and simple, easy livelihood. And then you should die with the one who's in charge of all wealth and property. Because wealth and poverty is not what trade you're in. It's all in the hands of the Rebbeim. Says, all gold and silver is mine. And I'll decide where to put it. Says the Gemara. Have you ever seen a wild animal or a bird that's starving? No. And they're here to serve us. So we who are there to serve Hashem, how much more so is He going to take care of us? I never saw a deer that had to produce dried figs. You ever see a deer open up a dried fig factory? No. All right. Now, dried figs were laid out in a field and you always needed to have a scarecrow or you needed to have a, a, a hired watcher to make sure nobody would take it when it's laying out in the field. The Mepharshim here explained that deer always can see while they sleep. So a deer, uh, best, uh, best livelihood for a deer yeah, is to watch over dried figs. You never saw that. Vari Savol, you never saw a lion having to schlep for, for another animal to, to get paid. Vishul Chemini, you ever never saw a fox manning a store or foxing a store. And somehow they have food in their bellies. And they're here to serve humans. If these were here to serve me, the bunch of takes care of them. Here I'm here to serve the man, my master. How much rule Hashem make sure I have what I need to serve him? Hashem make sure animals have what they have to serve us. Of course, he'll make sure that we have what we need to serve him. It's the avoynes, it's the sins that turn away the brachas. He says, it's true, a person should teach their child a clean and easy trade. Best trade to teach is Torah. Want to notice something? Torah is called a trade. It's a craft. It's a craft. Okay? Tani with to the Bryce. It's not information, it's a craft. Every other trade stands by a person only when they're young. When we get older, we can't earn that livelihood anymore. Our bodies slow down. And it could lend itself with the possibility to be hungry. You never learn lose Tyra. It stands by a person when we're young. When we get older, how much more so do we need to turn to Tyra? Because Tyra gives vitality to us in our old age. When everything else looks like it's falling apart, and our bodies, uh, the world's falling apart, and our bodies are slowing down, and, eh, and I don't have the same kaiches. But then we sit down and we come to Dafyaimi, and we hear a shear. And we put our minds into Torah. It brings vitality. It brings life. 
When a person's young, what is it in the Pasuk? The Kaybe Hashem, those who have hope in Hashem, yearn for Hashem, Yachlifu Kayach, Yalu Ever Kansharim, their strength is renewed like they, they, they grow wings like eagles. I want to say about our old age, it says, even when we are beseva in old age, the Shainim Branam Yu, we're still going to have the, uh, the, uh, the uh, strength and the drive and the freshness that we've always had. Hadron Allah Hasar Yuch Yuchsin Usikla Masakas Kedushin, Hadron Allah Hasar Yuchsin Usikla Masakas Kedushin, Hadron Allah Hasar Yuchsin Usikla Masakas Kedushin, Mazel Tov to everybody here, everybody who finished Kedushin, everybody who kept hopping along, even missing pages here and there, missing Dauphin here and there, but hung on. It's the uh, it's the yaimi, it's the consistency, it's the commitment. It's a major, major accomplishment. Not only have we finished Mesachis Kedushin, this ends the entire Seder Nashim, right? This ends the Shas, Shisha Sedarim, the six Sedarim of uh, 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 orders of Mishnah and Gemara. We are now done with Seder Nashim. Bez Hashem, tomorrow evening, we will pick up after the Siyam. It's going to be a little late. We'll pick up after the Siyam with... Meseches Babakama, brand new Mesechta. We're going to get very much knee deep into the laws of damages. It's going to be a real shift in style of Gemara, a real shift in uh, in uh, uh, topic, um, and it's uh, it's beautiful. We have with a, with a fresh start, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody who's in shul. We'll see you later today, Hashem, and everybody on Zoom. Hopefully, you'll be able those who are able to join us Matzi Shabbos. In Cone's Delicatessen for the Seum at 8.30. Please let me know if you haven't signed up yet. And uh, everybody else who's living a uh, long distance. Rabbi Robert, how you doing? Uh, feel free to join us on, uh, on Zoom and uh, eat, a, eat a pastrami sandwich or a steak from, uh, from uh, San Diego. And <laughs> <laughs> I have to wear my Cone's t-shirt. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody.